I'm Ben Amos. Join me as we dive deep into how some of the best in business, marketing, content creation, and education wield powerful and effective stories to engage audiences and drive action. Welcome to Engage With Story. I was recently asked to come into the city for a client meeting with a mid-sized financial service company we've been working with. Now, in the past, I'd met with them at their main operations office. Nothing fancy, just a bustling place with cubicles of people going about their day-to-day work for the company. In this case, however, I was invited to meet a block or so away in the corporate office, and things looked a lot different. As I stepped out of the lift into the reception area, I was greeted by white marble wall tiles, collector's artwork and sculptures in nooks and on pedestals, and a high imposing wood-grained reception desk over which I peered as I announced who I was to the receptionist hiding below. As I was ushered into the boardroom by my clients, I again was surprised to see the floor-to-ceiling river views, the oversized ornate boardroom table, and literally the biggest video conferencing screen setup that I'd ever seen dominating one wall. I had to ask. So I said to my clients, wow, it's certainly a bit different over here than in your main office. So I guess it's over here where the owner and the CEO's office is? Their reply, uh, yeah, actually, look, this is just really for show. We need somewhere to bring the shareholders and do the bigger finance deals. Those guys kind of expect this sort of fit out. And to my bigger surprise, they then went on to explain that the owner's office wasn't here either. He actually had a corner desk in the main floor of the operations office, right in amongst it, shoulder to shoulder with his staff. Now. This company is, is not small, it's certainly strong. It's one of the biggest non-bank finance lenders in Australia, but what really impressed me here was how the owner still seemed to really value staying human and being approachable and allowing himself to be comfortable in and amongst his whole team. Despite a need to portray an industry expectation, they maintained an ability to live their story their way and to stay human. Now this leads me to my guest today, and someone who exudes energy and authenticity. She's had a rich history in the corporate sector, owning and running a national media training and recruitment agency, along with a wide-ranging career across the sales and training services sector. She's a CEO, a workshop facilitator, a storyteller, and at times, yeah, even a comedian. Ultimately, she's passionate about helping people to thrive in their business and career, to play a more successful and enjoyable game by humanizing the way we communicate and do business. She is Sue Parker, founder of Dare Group Australia, and I'm stoked to have her on the show today. In this chat, we explore how comedy and storytelling really are powerful tools to use in business and life. We talk about the importance of relevance to really connect. The walls are broken down as we explore how being vulnerable and telling stories that are maybe a bit hard for us to tell is so incredibly powerful. And Sue shares with us how the simple act of asking questions can help us be better storytellers in business and in life. Now this episode has got some real heart to it and I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. So are you ready? Let's get on with the show. 
Right, Sue Parker, it's fantastic to have you on Engage With Story today. Thanks for your time. Pleasure, Ben. Thrilled to you've asked me. So I've given you a bit of a, a wrap in, in the intro there, and I'm sure people are quite intrigued to hear more about, about you and, and how you approach your passion for storytelling, which we're definitely going to dive into today. So, you know, I, I guess what I gather from the conversations we've had leading up to this uh, this podcast interview today is that you're really all about that idea of humanity and, and authenticity. So, and I see that both in the work you're doing and in what seems to be the way that you live your life and communicate with people, let's be honest. And I'm really interested to explore with you to get started. Like, what, what's your story? What, what led you to this passion for working in this way? Yeah, great question, Ben, and you gave me a lot of thought on it, you know, and I thought deeply about how to open that answer, and it really stems back to as a young child. I grew up in a business family where we had a lot of media and journalism friends around us, but I also had a really, really traumatic and difficult time growing up, a very, very traumatic time, and what I did was default to business communication and the art of journalism and storytelling. So I would, from the moment I was a kid, get up and tell stories, get up and, you know, roll out some comedy routines. And I did that to engage. I did that to, I guess, default away from stuff that was going on. So it was almost in my DNA to tell a story and get people laughing and, and get them engaged. And it... it uh, it's all I know how to do. And, you know, the new phrase of storytelling um, is a fairly new one. But And the human aspect was that in my own life, in my business life and my professional life, I've had more ups and downs than a roller coaster and I've been on every sort of ride there can be. And so I'm so passionate about the human condition and the stories that people have and I've had the advantage of being involved in so many different types of industries, so many different people, walk so many different journeys. And I guess my helicopter view is that, wow. And so the humanity of that is just everyone has a story and everyone is unique, but there's so much similarity that we need to engage. And so my business life reflected that, reflected that um, ability to encourage people to share their story, share their vulnerability, because crap happens in life and great things happen and we need to be authentic. So my business life has always reflected that and the work I do now more so as I encourage people to share their stories so their businesses grow and their personal lives and hearts grow as a result of those stories and engagement. Yeah, and when you when you go back to that time as a child when you were using story to, I guess um, one way to look at it would be to allow people to kind of drop their defences or to be more human, maybe um, those people around you and your, yourself as well. Like, you know, what what power or impact do you think storytelling had then, and what impact do you think it has now in the work you do with the SME space? Yeah, and certainly in, I work with executives as well in their own journeys. The same impact. The impact is that it also, it, it's it's by no means a purely altruistic um, endeavour. Every time you tell a story and engage someone in that storytelling, 
you're not only benefiting them, but you're also raising your own vibration and your own energy. And I think that's a really important thing to say. So the benefit is that, you know, you're encouraging other people um, and being mindful, of course, the stories you're telling, and we'll probably talk about that a bit more later, but mindfulness that the stories you're relating and sharing will help somebody else. And also by helping somebody else, you kind of feel pretty good about yourself well. And for me, my storytelling has always had a um, a comedy element to it. Um, and that's been the way I've done stories, you know, is to is to often in where appropriate use the skill of comedy and repartee to, to open up a dialogue. But it's not all, again, it's mindfulness. Some stories, there is nothing comedy about it. So that's the same impact. You know, mm. you're impacting someone's self-belief. And, you know, the impact is the aha moment. I think the greatest thing is aha, I feel that way. Aha, I get it. Aha, I understand now. And that's just such a wonderful thing to do for other people in stories. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And that aha moment, I think, in, in a comedy and particularly a stand-up comedy sense is that punchline, isn't it? I actually wouldn't mind segueing a little bit with you because you mentioned uh, when we spoke before the interview here that you've actually done some stand-up comedy in your time as well. I'd love yeah. to explore that a little bit more with you. What what's up? That's something that I'm deathly afraid of. I've presented in front of people plenty of times, but uh, the idea of, of performing comedy uh, in that raw state of stand-up is uh, something that I'm really scared of, but I'm interested to hear what what got you into that and what was the experience like and how has that helped you in your business life as well? Yeah, geez, some good questions there. Look, as I said, I used comedy from the age of seven years of age to default and to deflect the crap that was going on in my life. And it was to stop people picking on me, doing things to me. So I use that stories and comedy. I It's, again, that diversion tactic. And comedy is an interesting piece because I think great comedy is where you can actually have your own story to share um, and and to relay. And it, look, any, it's interesting too. I was around the comedy scene for many years in Melbourne in different things, and most com- comedians are not that funny off stage. And mm. so, the story that they share generally is not who they are. I was, I probably struggled with that. I didn't go into his career because I am by nature, I like to be funny. And <laughs> most comedians do it as a as a way to um, disconnect with who they really are, and that's the humanising piece, I guess. But yeah. yeah, look, I think comedy. I remember the first, the the most relevant um, comedy piece I ever read on in business was John Cleese, and it stayed with me forever. I really believe where appropriate and where it's relevant telling stories to help change with is a comedy element really resonates strongly as well. I, I think because it, it creates that um, neuroplasty in our mind, in our body, that we feel something with that emotion, um, whether it's laughing or crying. And there's a fine line between crying and laughing when you tell a story anyway. Mm. And you've um you've done a lot of work to help businesses, both SMEs and and corporate executives, to to grow their business and to even recruit um and you know build their teams. And 
I guess you've mentioned that comedy is one tool that you can use to tell stories in that way, but can you maybe share with us a bit more how people can inject a bit more story into their communications to grow their teams and and recruit? Absolutely. Look, I mean... Having run a media recruitment agency for 11 years too and everything was stories and the biggest thing is to pitch relevance. And I I guess I'd like to just open a little bit more detail around that. Recently there was one of Australia's most high-profile TV business um, personalities um, who delivered a motivational story talk to a group of entrepreneurs. Yeah. And the feedback was that this person who is, you know, a bit of a demigod in that person's sector and industry didn't, wasn't able to connect with the audience. And the audience's feedback was, it doesn't relate to me. It doesn't affect me. That person is miles away from who I ever was. So it made me think that when you share a story, be totally mindful of who you're pitching to and mindfulness around who they are because stories have to engage with that audience. And I think, you know, when you're hiring people, when you're trying to build your business, you've got to have some, and that's why, you know, the human piece comes in, have the bloody guts to share the good and the bad because one of the powerful things of stories is that we all we all haven't had a road to Damascus. We've all had ups and downs. But our social media and traditional media keep promoting great stories and it makes people feel inadequate. And as businesses grow and start and people change careers, they need a bit of real in it as well. So the stories you have show some vulnerability, really have the courage to show the crap as well as the gold and not just gloss everything over and be really put yourself in the position of, well, what do they need to hear to make them feel comfortable and and, and have some comfort? And, I mean, a little example is when I do executive career coaching and I work with someone of a certain industry, you know, and if I can share a story of someone in a similar industry, gives them great comfort. And I think so it's always mindful and it's almost like you have a bag of tricks, a story bag of tricks, and which one do you pull down that will help that person or that audience move into another element of the selling cycle, the hiring cycle, the engagement cycle. I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think that that vulnerability that you're talking about that's so important to to tap into when telling stories or using stories to engage an audience is so important because if you can allow that vulnerability to lead to relatability, which is the other aspect that you talked about, then that builds that connection. And like you said, stories are told to people, to an audience. Um, So if you're not thinking about who that person is that you're telling that story to and how you can best connect with them, then that story is not going to have much impact, not going to achieve the desired outcome, right? No, it doesn't. And I think, you know, the whole idea of a story is to create a feeling and an emotional reaction in the listener of whatever that is. And there's many emotions and reflections that can have. And what, and it's an interesting thing I was thinking about sharing this with you as well. Many years ago, I trained as a lifeline counsellor 
which, you know, stood me in good stead for when I coached young kids in risk. Mm. And one of the parts of the training has stayed with me for decades, and that was you may not have actually had an exact experience that someone else has had, but the feelings that that experience has created, you will relate to. Mm. So if you're telling a story about someone, for example, who's had their home burgled, just as an example, and that fe- what was the feelings that having the home burgled created? It would be a feeling of a lack of security, uh, a feeling of being vulnerable, a feeling of being violated, yeah? Mm. So if you're trying to tell a story to get a, to get a reaction and get a movement in somebody else... You have to think, what are the feelings that you're wanting that story to create and connect with? And so that was something I learned from Lifeline, that think about you may not have had an experience, but you've had this, there's not, you know, we all have the same feelings. And that's what I said earlier. Whilst we're all very different, the feelings that things create for us are the same. And that comes out through stories in the business world, in the hiring funnel, in coaching, and also in our personal lives. And that's, again, around that mindfulness of that story. But I guess that the more life experiences you have, the more stories you can pull from that bag of tricks. Yeah, that's right. It's interesting, as you're saying that, the that coaching or that method that you learnt through Lifeline there is something that aligns with an acting method called method acting. I don't know if you've heard of that idea oh, of method acting. Have. Yes, I have. And um, <laughs> so method acting is exactly that. It's the idea of being able to uh, to be in character and to feel or, or communicate emotions that you might not have experienced in your life, but that uh, if you're pulling from your real experience in your life, then you're able to inject that realness and that authenticity into the performance. So I think that's, that's a great thing to take on uh, when we're thinking about using story in a real way in our communications as well. Absolutely. And, look, and you know, it's about removing the bull S from it as well and just, just get, getting real about the stories and um, sh- uh, sharing the truth of the story. And it takes courage to put everything in and and not and not just keep in the good bits, you know. And I think that in our society and in our business world, we see SMEs struggle so much because no, without the stories to encourage them to keep going. Because um, I, I think humanity is so often disconnected uh, with their own failures, and yet those failures encourage SMEs and people to keep going in their businesses, which is so important. Yeah. So let me ask you this. If I mean, we're, I think you're quite aware that in in a professional life, people are often very wary of of showing that realness. Like they, they need to, or they feel a need to be professional, um, air quotes there, be professional and to look in control in the work that they do. And I think there's a real struggle there to allow that humanness to show through. But so what would you say to people who are who maybe you're coaching or you're working with and, mm. and you're trying to encourage them to be more human and to be vulnerable and to share that? What would you say to them to help them get over that fear of not being professional? Yeah, and I, my favourite, one of my favourite sayings, um, and as you know, I have quite a few, but one of them is for every person that has the courage to stand up and speak out, 20 others 
feel exactly the same way. Mm, yeah. And it does take some courage and I it does take courage to stand up and speak out. But it's also to give people assurances that they're not alone. They're really not alone. You know, there's very few emotions and feelings and beliefs that are unique. <laughs> they're not yeah. unique. And the other part of it is what's the worst thing that can bloody happen? I mean, if you're not saving, if you know, unless you're saving lives, you're not saving lives. And mental health especially in businesses, is such a crucial issue and especially for men, and I see this a lot in the men I coach, um, I so encourage that and thank goodness there's a lot of storytelling in, in men's areas at the moment. But I encourage people that, you know, they're not alone and it's, if I can just simply share a story that they they really, what they're feeling is exactly what others feel. And it's kind of almost like a bit of a social responsibility to, to share it. So, again, I come back, it's not just altruistic, but it's also going to be of huge benefit to other people. And I'll hold you, and I, I say, I'll hold your hand while you do it. Don't worry, I'll hold your hand. But there isn't anything that's, that's that unique. Um, in how we feel and the stories we want to share. And I think the the biggest thing in businesses is that it's blasted tough. There are days when if you share, I mean, I will happily share a story that when I first started my first business 14 years ago um, in a recruitment agency, I mean, I didn't have an income for probably two months. You know, thank God mm. baked beans were nice. So, <laughs> but if you honestly share your real truth, and that's the truth, it's not all glitz and glamour. And I think that um, going back to that example I told earlier about a very well-known business personality identity on TV who was trying to ostensibly encourage a group of startups, but they couldn't relate to him or her because that person was all about the top-line gloss and wasn't willing to get vulnerable or even share the truth. And all that, all the audience heard was how great things were and what they've achieved. And um, so they walked away, I believe, feeling quite despondent. Yeah, and yet with the power of just some story from that uh, that entrepreneur's or business person's background, when they were starting out and in the same position, that became a relatable story for that audience. It would have just changed, I imagine, I wasn't in the room, it would have changed the tone in the room significantly, wouldn't it? Look, absolutely. And stories, you know, when we're relating stories in business, there's many elements, you know, and I talked about comedy. I mean, look, you know, there's some things you just can't put a comedy spin on at all. But at the end of the day, there, you know, we're all human. You asked me up front about being humans. We're all human beings. Unless you are a disconnected narcissist psychopath who has no ability to feel, um, we go through all sorts of emotions and, and as a business owner, you go through a lack of self, feeling an imposter syndrome, a lack of self-esteem, where's your next dollar going to come from? How can you possibly cope with the overwhelm of demands? So everyone will have a different feeling and, and again, that's why I'm saying be mindfulness of what that audience may be, may be struggling with at the moment and pick a story that that can build them up and I think that's the whole thing of stories I mean what's your intention what's everything I do is about what's my intention what's my motivation and again you know if your motivation is to build somebody up you've got to be really deep about what that story is and um, relate that 
Yeah, and I think to add to that, because I couldn't agree more with what you're saying there, Sue, but to to add to that as well in a business context, um, when telling or thinking about, you know, allowing some vulnerability to show through your stories, um, it's important to understand the purpose of that story that you're telling. So making sure it, it aligns with what you're trying to communicate at that particular time, not just sharing your uh, your you know background story and, and your, your struggle story and things like that just for for the hell of it, there needs to be a purpose there, right? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I deal with many different, I mean, I, uh, you know, I deal a lot in the professional services sector and, you know, often I can share stories, for example, about this, I had a situation recently and it was funny that the universe provides an opportunity to share that story. A client of mine was going through some really um, heavy um, legalistic trademark issues and another client and I was learning from that what was going through that and then another client was needing to go down that path so I was able to share that story and again that's from that bag of tricks but you know stories only you can only build a wonderful bag of stories if you ask a lot of questions and you know questions to me are the answers we we should also how you said about encouraging I think we need to encourage people to be really 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 curious and ask a lot of questions because that just creates a bigger bag of stories for yourself and other people and I think that ability to ask questions is just such a gift and I think it should be part of every um, business registration course (laughs) yeah absolutely so you have a saying that goes something along the lines of your vibe attracts your tribe. Uh, yeah, I'd love favorite. to dive into that a bit further with you because I think that's great and I'd, I'd love it if you could break it down for the audience and the listeners and what do you really mean by that? Sure, it is my favourite. And you know where that, you know where I originally, again, it comes from comedy, from the film The Castle, the iconic Australian film The Castle. Right. Do you remember when it's- Terrell Mora, Mora, who again is a wonderful method actor, stood up in the courtroom and just said, it's the vibe, it's the vibe. Yes. So, <laughs> but what that means is, and it comes back to personal branding and who you are in your authentic self And I also believe that thoughts and feelings are as loud as words and actions. So when I say your vibe, to unpack it for you, I'm talking about the outward vibe and the inner vibe. And there's often a disconnect. But how we think and how we act and how we show up will create a resonance. And that can be in social media, in in our personal interactions and whatever. So who we are will attract the tribe that resonates with us. And and that comes from many different ways. And the the reason I love that so much is it lets people off the hook as well. And I'll use myself as an example. I'm a pretty bold person. I know not everyone is going to love my style. That's that's life. And again, when you realize that you can't be everyone to every everyone all the time to everything and everyone, you realize, well, what is my vibe? What is my tribe? And draw that in. And it's the same with stories. You know, you're not going to tell a story. I'm not going to tell a story about my my dating escapades when I was younger to a a Buddhist monk, for example. They wouldn't get that story. So your vibe will attract your tribe. um, And the stories you tell is also mindfulness of who who do you want as your tribe? What 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 will your tribe enjoy? And it's being honest to yourself in that 
piece of being human. Well, who am I and what do I want to attract? And stories are a part of that as well. Yeah, and would you say that that's uh, just, I guess, for anyone who is, you know, looking to find a new job or progress in their career and things like that, like how can they, how can they actually inject more of their vibe in order to attract, attract their tribe? Are there some specific ways that you can suggest that they yeah, kind of absolutely. have a look at? Yeah. Absolutely. And I love that. I mean, I run a program called Build a Platform of Attraction and attraction is exactly that. What are you wanting? To, first of all, what do you want to attract? Are you wanting to attract new clients? Are you wanting to attract a new career? Are you wanting to attract more friends, networks, dates, whatever? You know, I went to my third husband. I made a very clear decision. I wanted to attract something. Then what you need to do is get a mirror. The first thing in that process is get a mirror and look at yourself really you know, take that deep, deep, deep dive, look at yourself and then create your who, what, where, why. Who are you? What do you stand for? What's important for you? What do you want to be known for? What are your skills? What are you great at? You know, and really get a, a, a mosaic of who the hell you are. And really, you know, because this is the other thing too with stories. The truth is every single person has amazing qualities and skills, every one of us. And, you know, you focus on those. So to build your vibe and look at that, you look at your own personal brand, who you are, what you want to attract and what's important for you. And the biggest question to ask in that process is what energizes me? What sort of people and what sort of work and what sort of clients energize me? because that is such a big part of your vibe and your tribe and it does come back to because what you're energised by and what you, the sort of people you love in your tribe will create more success, you know, um, if that makes sense. So it's very much a deep dive in who you are, what you want to attract and then you start to craft the stories, the personal branding, the social media footprint that shares who you are and shares those stories in a really authentic way um, that's relevant to what you want to attract. Yeah, I really resonate with that, the idea of if by failing to, you know, get your vibe out there and to tell stories around, I guess, who you want to attract to you um, and to tell stories to those people, I think we've all been in situations, I know I certainly have, and I'm sure people listening have too, where you're working with clients or, or you're doing work that is really not what you want to be doing. Um, and I recently heard those type of clients referred to as drainers. You know, they just they just kind of suck the life out of you and, and take up so much more time than you, you know, ever intended. Um, and it's not fun. Um, and you question why you're doing it. We've all been there. I'm sure you have too, Sue. And I think that's a direct result of not actively getting your vibe out there, telling the right stories to the right people. Would you agree? Look, absolutely. But it's ta look, it, it takes courage because, again, you know, I work in personal branding and you can't be everything to everybody because if you try to be everything to everybody, you're nothing to anybody. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm walking this talk at the moment. Um, you know, I specialise in one category and the way I, the stories I tell and how I show up is for that category. But within that category too, again, you know, it, it, it's about... I think one of the things with stories and your vibe and your tribe is that people deep down know 
whether someone's telling pork pies and bullshit. They know, they sense it, you know, and people won't often articulate that, but they'll feel it. And they will demonstrate that by walking away, not engaging with you, whatever. And it, it does take courage. Um, and I guess as you get older, you, you, you have less tolerance for not enjoying what you do. But I absolutely know that when you are energised by certain people and certain industries and certain work, you actually create a hell of a lot more success as well than drudging through the, the, the tribes that you don't enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a, a great place to wrap our conversation up today because, you know, leaving people with that idea of taking some time to, I guess, look in the mirror or audit the stories that they're telling around their brand and their personal brand and their business and then to consider whether or not they are sending out the right vibe and attracting the right tribe. And um, I think if... if you know, people listening, if they could take anything away from our conversation with Sue Parker today, that would be a great place to start. And um, so, Sue, for people who are attracted to your vibe and want to <laughs> find out more about becoming part of your tribe, how can they find out more about you and learn more about what you're doing and Dare Group sure. Australia and all of that good stuff? Sure. Well, I'm... Uh, my website is daregroupaustralia.com.au I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. Um, I have a lot of media interviews. I'm also on Facebook. I do a lot of radio interviews in New South Wales. I have a lot of um, media publications. But LinkedIn um, is certainly where most of my content is. My website has also a lot of detail. So daregroupaustralia.com.au on Facebook and LinkedIn. And there's a lot of content. And, and I also get, write a lot um, to Ben. And so a lot of the things I talk about, I've actually written about um, in content and blogs and articles. So, you know, I believe in sharing my own stories. And one of my most famous blogs was Never Give Up about my third husband. And that's on LinkedIn and on my website as well. Fantastic. Well, I encourage anyone listening who's interested in finding out more about Sue to head on over to, to LinkedIn and to daregroupaustralia.com.au to find out more and to follow you there. So thanks for your time today, Sue. It's been awesome. Thanks, Ben, so much. Thanks again to Sue Parker from Dare Group Australia for that chat. I just love her energy, don't you? Well, that wraps up episode 21 of Engage With Story. But before we go... I just want to take a moment to let you, the listener, know how much I appreciate you. To share a bit of my own vulnerability here, this podcasting thing, it's not easy. There are a lot of moving parts and a bunch to do each week to continue to bring each episode to you. And 21 episodes in now, I've considered giving up, honestly. But every so often, a bit of feedback, an email, or an iTunes review comes trickling in. And I'm reminded that there are people out there like you, like me, listening and getting value from the show. So thank you. I'm not going anywhere yet, but thank you for reaching out and letting me know what you think. And if you haven't yet left a review on iTunes, I'd really love that too. It really gives me the boost I need to keep going, making Engage With Story podcast bigger and better each week. So to leave us with today's quote, this time from Don George. He says, to be a great storyteller, you must first cultivate the art of vulnerability. Thanks again for joining me and I'll see you next week as I bring you an interview you won't want to miss from the awesome Mike Ganino, 
all the way from LA.